Hey, and welcome to Fika Time. My name is Jenna, and for those who may not know me, I run a very colorful Instagram account called Circus of Cakes. That's circus, like a circus act of cakes, like cakes that you eat after dinner, or for breakfast in my case. Um, I thought it would be fun to do a podcast where I kind of break down what it's really like to move overseas, particularly to live in Sweden, which is where I live now. I moved here two years ago from Los Angeles, and people ask me all the time what it's like to live here because it is honestly couldn't be more different um, living in LA versus living here. I live in a very, very small town. I think we have roughly 13,000 people here, um, but it grows in the summertime just because we get a lot of people coming in with their boats from Norway um, and from other parts of Europe as well. It's a pretty underrated um, little city. It's called Strömstad, and it's very close to the Nor Norwegian border. So for me, it's just a completely different world being here versus being in a big city of LA where I have a bit of a bigger social life, I guess you could say. Um, but living in a small city makes things also really nice too, because I have to slow down and just enjoy every moment. I don't have the hustle and bustle and the traffic that I always had when I lived in LA or long commutes to work or anything like that. So I'm going to get into more of the nitty gritty of what that's really like. And this is more of an introduction just because I don't want to overwhelm anybody. Um, I just want to kind of get into this slowly and talk a little bit about myself and where I where I'm from and what I'm doing now. So first, I wanted to just start off by talking about how I met my husband, because he is the reason why I live here. Um, he was in Los Angeles in 2017 for a music trade show. He has a recording studio, which is where I'm recording from right now. And he was there just to not do business deals necessarily, but just to kind of meet people and see what equipment he could bring back to the studio in Sweden. So we matched on Tinder. I was actually very not interested in the idea of being on Tinder at all, but a friend of mine encouraged me and said, you know what, you might as well just try it. You never know who you're going to meet. And I think I had met two people by that point. Obviously, it didn't go well with either of them. But at that point, right before we met, I had thought I could easily just be alone the rest of my life. Um, and I think that's kind of when you meet the right person is when you're not expecting it. I hate that cliche. I always have. But I think there's some truth to it because you're not trying so hard. You're just living your life, doing your own thing. And you happen to meet that person at a time when you're not really needing them. You just need your or needing yourself, I guess you could say. I kind of was just happy to be leaning on myself. But when we met, I was a little skeptical at first. I didn't even know he was Swedish because, um, again, I was new to Tinder and I didn't know that you can be in another country and just change the location um, depending on where you are at the time. So I thought he lived four miles away. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> and we started talking and he seemed very genuine right off the bat. 
I could tell that he was into music based off of his photos. So that was kind of how we started talking because we both really love music. And we learned very quickly that we're, we're into the same kind of music. So that helped us to form a bond instantly. And next thing I knew, we were just talking every day from morning to night. It was going from Tinder to Snapchat which I don't have anymore. Um, and then we moved on to WhatsApp because WhatsApp is um, a free app that you can use to talk to people from other parts of the country or the world if you don't want to use your data, which, of course, I couldn't do that. Um, so we talked that way. And two weeks after he flew back to Sweden, he decided he needed to book tickets to come back to see me for real. So in March, this was January when we first matched, And he came back to LA again in March. So that was a very quick <laughs> couple of months of us falling in love, essentially. Um, I knew it was love very fast, um, but I was still a little bit skeptical, only because I'd been through the ringer with all of my old relationships and all the dates that I went on before we met. Um, but it all worked out because look where we are today. Um, so in March, he came for a couple of weeks and it was magical. We went to Palm Springs. We, he met my parents, which he made fun of me for profusely. Like, how, how could you have me meet your parents so fast? Oh my God. But he was great with them and it was natural. We, we kind of had to get things going if we were really going to be serious about this, because having a long-distance relationship like that, I mean, that takes a lot of work and energy. And if you're not fully in it, then it's just not going to work at all. So we really put in all the energy we could naturally just because we were so crazy about each other. So after those two weeks in March, I flew to him in May, and That was my first time ever coming to Sweden. I never, ever thought I would even come to Sweden in my life. But I always was curious about it because I grew up going to Ikea and I loved ABBA when I was in high school and, you know, little things like that. So coming here and having a, a real reason for being here and not just being a random tourist was very cool and exciting to me. So I stayed for a couple of weeks and I think by that point we had just realized we can't live without each other. So the second that I flew back, I started looking into how I could get a permit to live in Sweden forever because um, <laughs> we had decided that this is it. So I can't remember how exactly that happened, but I got to a point of being in a Facebook group for people who were trying to move to Sweden And I sent an application in through the migration agency, which was like not cheap. It costs around $150 to send in an application. And they don't tell you when you're going to move on to the next step. So it was a lot of me having terrible anxiety, not knowing what was going to happen. And since we hadn't been together so long, I felt like we had a lot more to prove So, for example, I started to put together a scrapbook, this really big book that is at my parents' house still, because I think I, I can't imagine lugging it all the way back here, but I think I might bring it back next time we come back from a trip to L.A. Um, but in that book, I had cut out actual pieces from receipts <laughs> uh, from our shopping trips together to places like Urban Outfitters, like nothing really, but just to show, yes, we've we've shopped together. Um, pictures of us with our families and friends. I think the first beer we ever shared together was a Stella Artois. So I cut out a couple of labels from those two beer bottles and put them in the scrapbook. 
and I just carried that thing around, filling it whenever we saw each other. Applied in June for that um, for that permit. It's called a Sambo visa, and a Sambo is basically like a boyfriend that you're living with. It means you're not married, but you're together. And all I remember was that I had to basically update migrations every time we saw each other. And I realized that was super helpful because without that, they would have, they could have figured that our relationship wasn't totally serious. But I was very adamant about making sure that they understood that we were serious about this. So I think what happened next was he came to visit me in August. It was really hot that summer. Summers in LA are brutal, and I don't miss that at all. (laughs) I actually hate the heat, so being in colder weather is actually very nice. Um, But he came back for two weeks, and then I came back to visit him for his birthday in October. And I think that's when I got the invitation to do my interview. So whenever you're applying for one of these permits for the first time, the person who's moving to the person who lives in that country has to go on an interview at the consulate. And what it is, is basically, it could be an hour, an hour and a half, three hours, no one ever really knows, it just depends on your situation. But you have to go in and answer a bunch of questions like, oh, what do you and your partner, what have you done together when you've been together? And what were the dates? And what is your partner's dad's birthday? And just random things like that. So I, I was great. I always study way too hard for tests anyway, but I was overly prepared. I was really sick. Um, I coughed a lot in that interview, that poor woman. (laughs) But um, after that interview ended, I knew that something would happen very quickly. And sure enough, I found out that I got my permit to move to him three weeks later. And I had already bought a ticket to visit at Christmas, so I couldn't move that fast. But I moved in January of 2018. So from the time that I applied, that was June 2017, to January 2018, I it took, what, five months, six, seven, seven months? And I was in Sweden permanently, not permanently, but for the first two years. And after the first two years, you do have to apply have to apply for an extension. Um, an extension isn't nearly as hard as getting a permit the first time around. You basically just have to say, hey, we're still together, we're still living together, and we haven't been out of the country for some crazy amount of time. Um, so I got that extension within the month. And that happened at the exact same time that I finished taking a really big language program here that basically taught me Swedish. So it's been a very monumental couple of years here. And now I'm in my second year. If you ask me, what do I think of Sweden when I first moved here? Obviously, my opinion then is very different to how it is now. When I first came here, I was so excited. I flew here with my mom, who I love traveling with. She's so much fun to travel with because we always laugh and we like to do similar things. Um, but when she left, I, I was feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm on vacation still. And so I spent the first two or three months just going to a cafe every day and bringing my computer because I thought, okay, I can continue to work on my creative side with my Instagram and my blog. And things seem to be going okay with that. But ever since the algorithm changed with um, 
all of that, I've, I had learned pretty quickly that, okay, maybe I can't rely on this as a source of income like maybe I could in the U.S. Because here, companies don't really pay um, creators like they do in the U.S. And if they do, then they have to have a really big following. So I started to take some hits with that. So I found a job. I think it was my fourth month into living here. And it was with a clothing store at the mall. We have a big mall that's just outside of town. And my manager thought it would be so cool if I could speak to to all the customers in English, which made me so happy. I was like, oh, good. I don't have to worry about the language. I can just be myself. Um, not that I can't speaking Swedish, but it just felt more natural, obviously. So I went into that job being really excited pulling a lot of hours. I think I worked 10 hours a day, um, still getting used to being in the country and everything. So that was crazy. Um, but by the end of the summer, I really felt like, you know, even though I'm fitting in more and more every day, I really want to know this language because believe it or not, even though people speak English here, it they they don't speak it regularly. So especially older people who maybe didn't learn English in school. So when I would go up to people sometimes and say, hey, are you finding everything okay? They would be so thrown off that <laughs> it made things really awkward. And I felt like I just, oof, I just wanted to hide and run away in a corner. So I decided that was August of last year. Okay, I'm going to go to this language program. And that was a very humbling experience only because at the time I was turning 34 and I never thought I would go back to school. I never really liked being in school. Um, and I didn't like homework and tests and all the anxiety that, you know, that you get with all of that. So I wasn't super excited. But because I was an adult with more of a head on my shoulders now than when I was a teenager, I thought, okay, I'll do, I, I should do this. Um, and one thing that people always say they love about this country is free schooling, free health care, um, because we pay high taxes. And I, I do really love that about this country. I thank God I didn't have to pay some crazy tuition to go to school. It, everything was free. Um, and I met a lot of really interesting people, people from all different countries. I am, I think, I might not be the only American in this town now, but when I moved here, I was. And the only person my age. So imagine being in a new country, going to a language program at a school where you're the only person who speaks English besides the teacher who can speak English. It was pretty wild. So I had to learn Swedish even faster just so that I could communicate with the other people in my class. Um, and I made a few friends, some really lovely girls who I see sometimes um, and catch up with over coffee. And I was in that program for seven or eight months. It's a lengthy process only because they really want to make sure that you fully understand the basis of this language before you go out into the world. Um, I'll get into that later. I'm going to actually dedicate a whole episode to what it's like learning Swedish and just what it's like learning a new language as an adult, um, because I think that deserves its own spot for sure. And I get a lot of questions about that. Um, but for now, I just wanted to continue to talk about my experience moving here and living here. As I get into the end of my first year, I remember feeling more and more comfortable being here. I felt like when I walked around, I knew more people from working that job that summer. 
and I knew people from school. I, I would see my teachers out and about in town, and things felt better. But I, I always carried around this loneliness because Swedish people are so warm and inviting, but it can take some time. They, what I've found is that when people have had a little bit of alcohol, that seems to help a lot. Um, I don't drink very much, so for me, that's not the way that I like to socialize, but sometimes you kind of just have to. So in the summer, people are extremely social. So I, we go out, Max and I go out at least once a week in the summer, if not more sometimes, and that's when I see a lot of people. But the rest of the year, when it's cold and dark and windy, and people are kind of huddled in in their houses and their apartments. It's really hard to have a social, a social life um, unless you're working. So when I was just in school, I spent a lot of time by myself. Um, I've always been very independent anyway. When I lived in LA, I was taking myself to Palm Springs for the day or for the night. I went to Vegas a few times by myself. I loved just driving around going on adventures, not relying on anybody or anything. And that felt great. But being in a new country where you you can't just go, okay, now I feel like seeing my par- my parents or going to see a friend. Can't do that here. So I'm either alone or I'm with Max and his family who are wonderful and amazing. But it's just, you know, it just didn't feel the same. Um, so I had to make do by watching a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows, <laughs> doing creative projects. Um, That was hard too, though, because the weather here between, I would say, between November and May, it's pretty bleak outside. The lighting isn't great. It's very windy where we live because we live in a coat like near the water. So there's always a lot of wind. um, And it's just dark and and I get a lot of my energy, like everybody else, from being outside and getting vitamin D and taking colorful photos is my favorite thing to do, but it's hard to do that with the weather. So I struggled a lot with that. And I started to think, oh, maybe I can't do this anymore at all because my numbers are so bad on Instagram and I'm not getting any paid work. And oh, what am I going to do? But at least I'm learning Swedish. At least I have this one thing. So I kind of held on to that through the holidays. I was getting really excited to be done with this language program. I had been in it for four months or so and felt like I was finally starting to get a hang of things. So I would say by April, I took my placement test to move from the class that I had started in to be in the final class before graduating. That was an exciting time because I knew I was kind of close to the end. So I worked really hard. Um, The class that I was in was four days a week. It was Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Wednesdays were considered to be like a study at home day. And I did take that seriously. I mean, I did all of my homework. I went to every class. And I also watched a lot of movies that had Swedish subtitles so that I could read Swedish. And I listened to, I love these guys, Philip and Frederick, who are a Swedish duo who or journalists, but they have TV shows and they, I'll get into them another time because that's, I mean, they're amazing and I really want to share them with you. But anyway, I watched their shows a lot just to learn Swedish, even though they talk very fast. Um, And I just did what I could to try to be as prepared as possible because these tests, they're placement tests and they're not, 
they're not easy because they're in four sections, sometimes five, and one of them is usually the hardest, and it just always throws me off when I think I'm doing so well, and then I get to that one, and I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, and then, you know, I don't know how I did, and if you fail, well, you're stuck in the class longer, and even though that would have been okay, I was ready to just work and be a regular working person and not just being feeling like I was always on vacation, um, which is how I felt for a really long time. So when I took that test and I passed, it was the best feeling. I think I got a C, which is average, but it was still a passing grade. So when I started that last class, that was right in the summer, and I got my second job, which was also at a clothing store. I'm very good at retail, guys. Um, And that was a great experience. I think I only worked for a month because we had our wedding in June last year, and that took up a lot of time. So I was only there for four or five weeks, but it was incredible. It was a smaller store, And it was slower paced, but I felt like I really had a handle on things after a while. And I loved all the women that I worked with. And my hours were great. I was just really happy. So by the time I went back to school for the final portion of the language program, I was like, okay, my Swedish has improved so much now, because I'm so much more comfortable speaking and and hearing and understanding what I hear. So that last few months was really short. I think I was in that for three months, maybe, maybe four. Um, And within that time, we went on our honeymoon to Japan. Um, So I finished the language program in November, which was coincidentally at the exact same time as when I found out that my permit became permanent. So I really, I'd never felt more Swedish in my life than on that day when I saw that email saying that migrations had made a decision on my application for my permanent residency and finding out that I passed um, the placement test. And on this one, I got a B. So I did even better. I think I actually got an A on all of the reading portions, which is incredible. I'm so proud of myself still. Um, The writing is always the hardest part. So hard. Um, I think I got a C on that. Eh. As long as I passed, I was like, it's fine. That's one thing with learning a language. You have to go so easy on yourself. I mean, it can be really easy to tear yourself down and say, oh, I'm so bad at this. I'm never going to learn. But you just have to try. And if you fail, at least you'll learn and go, okay, now I know I can't say it like this. So next time I can. And people are actually really forgiving here, um, at least with Swedish. I don't know how it is with other languages, but in this country, people are very understanding and forgiving when you maybe say something that's not totally correct. Because most of the time, they're impressed that you're even trying at all. So I don't mind making mistakes. And that really helped me to get a good grasp on the language pretty quickly. Uh, I learned Swedish within a year. It's not perfect. I'm not advanced Swedish, but I can get a job. I can work. I can watch TV and and listen to Swedish music and kind of understand 95% of everything. I would say that's pretty good. Um, I've had a lot of jobs under my belt, so I know even more people now when I walk around. I can make plans and see more people that I know. It's, It's more fun. 
the first year is always going to be the hardest for anybody who's moving to a new place just because there are so many emotional hurdles you have to get over and growing pains and there are things I miss that I can't get here that I got in the U.S. so easily, um, like ready-made food. <laughs> a lot of things you have to make yourself here. Um, and in the U.S., like Trader Joe's, oh, I, I would give anything to have a, a Trader Joe's here. I miss the convenience of the food that they packaged and, and sold like you would not believe. Um, but then again, it is nice to make a lot of things from scratch, so... There's good things and bad things about it, I guess. Um, and I also just miss being able to walk outside and bare legs every day. I don't get to do that because I live in Sweden. So, you know, I have to be clever with how I dress. <laughs> if I don't want to wear jeans and, and a sweater, then I can wear tights and boots. And a lot of I'm sure a lot of people listening live on the East Coast in the U.S. or maybe live in the U.K. and also deal with cloudy dark and gloomy weather uh, most of the year as well. But for those listening who live in LA, consider yourself very lucky because this this girl really misses having that convenience as well of not having to think about what to wear when I walk outside. So that is definitely something that I miss and treasure whenever we visit. Um, but I do feel way more at ease in my second year of living here for sure. I'm more prepared I know what to wear when I walk outside. I know, you know, I can look at the sky and know exactly what kind of a day it's going to be. Like, okay, I think it's going to snow later. I think it's going to rain. So that helps a lot. Um, and now that I'm on my feet and I'm working, I'm actually able to travel again. <laughs> you know, I thought the first year that I lived here, I would be able to go anywhere because I lived so close to other countries. But the truth is, the first year, you, can't, you just can't. Because you're spending your time just trying to get acclimated and learn a language so that you can work comfortably and just all the factors that come with that. And we also had a wedding, so a lot of people came here. So we didn't even go back to the U.S. all of last year. Um, 2019 was not spent one second in the U.S. It was just, I think we went to Japan for our honeymoon and we went to Denmark for three days, and I think maybe a couple of times to Stockholm or one time to Oslo, but those don't really count because they're so close. So we didn't really do much traveling like I thought I would. But this year, now that I'm working, because I do have a job again, um, after I finished school, I got a job, and I've had it for two or three months, and now I'm finally feeling like I can function like an adult. <laughs> so that's always a nice feeling, and I love where I work. I love the people I work with. I'm so happy. And we have some really fun trips planned. So now I feel like, okay, now I'm settled in. I know the language. I know a lot of people. I get to travel. I get to see the world. We're going to start looking for a house at some point, which is also exciting. I'll get into that another time too, because there are a few differences between shopping for a house in the US versus shopping for a house here, um, specifically the costs and all of that. Um, and I hope that I have a lot of updates on that soon because we have just started looking and it's a process. I really hope that we can find something this year, but anyway, we have time. So that's basically it for me. I'm so excited that whoever is listening is listening. Please let me know if you have any feedback, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, 
DM me. My Instagram name is Circus of Cakes. I will be back in a few weeks, and I can't wait to talk to you again. 